Colleen Clancy, we made you watch Dance Moms, the lifetime reality show about a group of women failing to report the abuse of their children to the proper authorities. What is your major compliment for this show? Uh, My major compliment is just that I really appreciate that they made a show centered around people who are watching talented people do something interesting. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I don't know if you guys are familiar with. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So if you guys have watched like, so you think you can dance. Yes. Mm. That show's okay. Mm. But usually I'm like, what are their moms doing right now? (laughs) (laughs) I would. What about the people that pushed them to this point? What are they thinking? (laughs) I actually really like the idea of wondering what the moms are up to. Like uh, if you're watching the NFL and you were like, I wonder if their moms are watching this game from somewhere comfortable. Yeah. I wonder about that all the time. While their kid was 12 and in incessant dance classes, is Christy getting enough Pinot Gris? <laughs> <laughs> dance mom answers, yes. <laughs> Chris, let's have you go next. What's your major compliment for dance moms? Uh, you know, for 10 and 11-year-olds, these are 9-year-olds sometimes. Man, these girls can dance so well. They're so good at it, you guys. Like you're, I I think if you, you know, say that you're Colleen's, only making Abby leave more like you're only giving her more ammunition. Uh that's fine. And and I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But man, like Maddie, holy moly. She can dance. Yeah, that's and and it was really fun watching them. Um and it's like it's like some of these people are going to grow up and be professional elite dancers and you can tell. Yeah, but you would just call out Maddie. Yeah, I mean, of course you would. Yeah, she's in designed around music Maddie. Videos. She's so good. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. This is early to say this, but I don't know if I believe in the art of dance. Okay. Just like on the whole, <laughs> on the whole, like just like take it or leave it. Alex says, leave it. <laughs> no, I. It's like okay. So there are sometimes when there's something I don't like, and there's sometimes when there's things where I like. Just I'm sure that I just don't get it, and I'm missing something, and that's how I feel with dance. I just don't mm-hmm. like. I like when they do a cartwheel without hands. That's pretty cool. Sure. That's and that's why they do that three times in every dance routine because it's the coolest. Um, it's a good looking trick. It's a great trick, and I get tricks, but the rest of it I'm just like, yeah, your arms are moving. Okay. Your toes are pointed, but I just don't get why this is. This, this might not be enough. for you, man. <laughs> it's like just making the music worse. Well, it's not worse. Like, I get it if it's like a Broadway musical and they're like dancing with their brooms while they sing about brooms. But this is very much like just weird arms in your face. Oh, so you like buddy. the props. <laughs> yeah, I like props. I did, I did like they were so angry about the umbrella. And I was like, you finally made this thing make sense. Songs about rain. She's got an umbrella. I get that. We're going to have to agree to disagree, <laughs> my friend. Have you ever done done a dance? Uh, Megan and I uh, took tap lessons for a while. A um, couple oh. tap la- lessons, which was the most fun thing. I get tap. Tapping is... I get tap. Well, that's dance. Yeah. I get I get tap dance. Because you make a clackita clackita? I, yeah. The thing is, like, tap-a-tap-a-tap-a. how many cool clackity sounds can I make? How quickly... Yeah, it's like you're playing drums with your toes. That I get. Well, that's a good start. Okay, uh, if there's one thing you guys do know about me, it's that I love really obvious metaphors, right? Okay. Well, like, that unreliable narrators and the magic eraser. Yeah, it, those three things at the very least. Also, but not uh, limited to uh, reptiles. Yeah, reptiles. Um, dessert. Yeah. Although I got okay, I got kind of a lot of email about the fact that I said that a salamander was a reptile when it's clearly an amphibian. Uh, and so now I have to write a whole other weekly weep 
about how <laughs> I think salamanders are reptiles. It's called retraction. Because uh, really, like, because no one cares the difference between a reptile and amphibian. I just meant wet green things. That's what I meant. That's what people mean. <laughs> <laughs> so like green fish and sure. like aquatic plants sure. and like all reptiles. Uh, you know, Robin Hood on a rainy day. It's okay. It can't be that you just happen to be wet. It has to be that you're like as a lifestyle choice. So like, okay. so dewy. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so there's a bunch of things I like, but one of them is really obvious metaphors. I like an umbrella in a song about drizzly rain. Yes. But I really like moving target, where the target what? is on your back, and then they take it off your back and put it on someone else's back because yeah. it's a moving target. Yeah. Uh, dance is a very demonstrative art form where Sometimes. if there's a message, you know, you either have to write it explicitly as the title, the lyrics of the song that are sung over and over again, or just something so mind-blowingly obvious that, uh, you can't miss it. Tanya. Yeah. Uh, please close out these minor com- or major compliments. What's your comment for Dance Moms? Um, my compliment is to the moment that I like... I wanted to have happen and I was I was kind of rooting for and then it actually happened. So there's so Ava is introduced into the mix somewhere in the like second or third season. It's yep. unclear because we only watched a few. But uh she gives this performance that is not great. It's the one with the prop, the umbrella, and then she is crying about it afterward. And okay, girlfriend is 11. I understand like emotions are real and, you know, the scope of things is is sometimes unclear. But so she's crying and she's like apologizing and Abby has her stand up and she literally is like, get off your mom's lap, Ava, smile. And I was, as she was sitting there crying and apologizing, I was like, girl, no, don't do this. Like you have to, this has to, you have to own this moment and understand that like there's, there's more out there for you. And also like, you know be strong like be strong right now don't sit on your mom's lap and abby actually said get off your mom's lap and i was like this is great this is amazing this is exactly what i would have done i um i don't i'm not crazy about ava's mom but i do love that she left to form the island of misfit toys yes (laughs) the rival dance company with long arms and and eyes that aren't perfect or whatever abby was mad about and yeah we're gonna come out here and we're gonna dance even though we are slightly off in abby's mind because abby was they look like like the bad guys in glee yeah they did (laughs) the bad guys in a pitch perfect where they're just all one thing yeah yeah i I love an island of misfit toys anytime so i was glad that ava got to a place where her arms were appreciated instead of hidden behind umbrellas well and the misfit toys uh had an obvious metaphor for you alex they did (laughs) they're obviously my favorite at every step Good morning, Beat Suits. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about bad books and movies and TV and stuff. I'm your host, Alex, uh, on Twitter, at Alex underscore Falcone. Joining me as always, he's at C. Walter Smith on on Twitter in Brooklyn, New York. It's Mr. Chris Smith. I am on the road to nationals, Alex. You need to win this for me. (laughs) I need the trophies. Give them to me. Are you a trophy monster? Yep, that's right. I'm Abby Lee Trophy Monster here at Abby Lee Dance Studios. Feed me. Also, you're a felony. So the felony thing uh, happens later. Yep. Uh, You are are caught up, Chris, because you said she's not a felon. I was just to make sure you're... For those of you who are listening at home... That was the first I'd heard of it. Okay. For those of you uh, listening at home, between... I think it was the fifth season that uh, that ended a little while ago and the sixth season that starts in January... 
Abby Lee was indicted for uh, fraud because she uh, declared bankruptcy and didn't list any money from TV. And the judge was watching TV at home and saw her on television and was like, wait a second. Yeah. How come she didn't mention making money from being on television? And so there's like, she theoretically could be in jail for like 10 years, but probably will not. Yeah. Likely not. But totally uh possibly a felon it's really it might happen uh also she claims she doesn't want to do the next season because they wanted a kid to wear a pregnancy belly (laughs) and she was like no that's too not real for me or is is what she claims yeah that's weird although doesn't it seem like something she would do where one dance is called the dance of the pregnant women and then all the kids had pregnancy bellies it's if it was up to her wait who wanted her to do that i thought she called all the shots yeah that's confusing to me no yeah, the, she's a ball of shot collar well it's a reality show so the producers are always telling her what to do what oh yeah yeah I forgot that was wait, what reality tv works like that hang on she so uh, they just live their normal lives and cameras happen to catch it all on camera that's why yeah, they do there's... a different dance every week instead of the same dance at every competition which is what every other dance studio does they do because it makes better tv if they learn new dances so this is all set up for television i don't know that uh, yeah. that minister lady who was just yelling and yelling and yelling seemed like she meant. Oh, it. I'm not. It's not all. It's not all fake. And all the people are real. They're just the game is manipulated, not the activities. But huh. apparently, she wanted there. The producers wanted, according to her, and the producers have not admitted this, but according to her, the producers wanted one of the kids that it would be a plot about a kid getting pregnant, and so that she was gonna and she was gonna wear a fake pregnancy belly to make it seem real, God. which seems bonkers and not like well, that too far for yeah. lifetime. Hey, that's. Getting at the hard-hitting issues of life. Yeah. yeah. Also, yeah. like, who has time to have sex if you're in a dance studio 95% of your time? Yeah. Yeah, but if Who's... you do, who has time to find a condom? Ah! <laughs> also joining so... us today on our third mic, she's at the Tanya Best on Twitter. In Brooklyn, New York, it's Tanya Smith. I need you to be the sausage king of Canton. That just It's just what I need. And you will be my sausage queen? <laughs> I guess so. Apparently. Can you imagine? He actually said that to her at some point, right? Yeah. Oh, gosh. I uh, Yeah, that that is an odd couple. Yeah. <laughs> I'm normally not one that likes to point things like this out, but that is a weird pairing of humans. Yeah. yeah. She'll say it. Botox and Restylane. Oh, right. Actually, that's gosh, and she's not even the most obvious user of those products. <laughs> right. Like, she actually... I think some of it is that her bangs cover her unmoving forehead, but... Like, she doesn't look tweaked in the way that some folks on this show do. In in the later episode... So the first season, it seemed like there was less tweaked. And then later, they added the other rival moms. Yeah. When they split into two teams of, like, elite and select or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Whatever yeah. synonyms they came up with for those two teams. <laughs> and then, then there's the, the more Botoxy moms, which I, I didn't watch... Uh, we didn't watch enough for me to know, but I assume they were sort of imported. They were kind of... Like they were more the TV bullshit. Yeah, they're like drawn to the 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 TV flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah like exactly. The spray tan moths. <laughs> well, anywhere there are spray tan moths drawn to a reality TV flame, you'll find our very special guest, our kind of like our reality TV expert. It's Colleen Clancy. Hey guys, I just hope you all didn't try to walk into this podcast wearing socks and a t-shirt on. I need you to be spelt and agile in here, so get the hell out until you can learn to be barefooted and nimble. Tights, every time you guys, tights on the show. Yeah, 
Yeah. Taste. Which actually, if you're teaching an acrobatics class, like you don't want your pants like billowing and catching on stuff. That was one of the most stuff. reasonable things Abby threw a fit about. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, there's actually safety concerns with wearing socks in a dance studio, I think. Totally. But like, why couldn't she just take her socks off? It was well, like what, this yeah. huge disaster. Well, that the, was confusing. Look, if you get tossed out of gym for not dressing out, your mom doesn't get to walk in and say, how dare you threw my kid out for the reasons that you made abundantly clear in the beginning of class. Yeah. I think that yeah, one, in that the pilot, Abby Lee sound, seemed a little more sensible, at least. Well, it, the, it's funny. The pilot, it was like, yeah, these moms are crazy, and this dance teacher is very normal. And later, it turned out that moms were surprisingly reasonable, I thought. Ooh, no. Mm. M- oh, okay. okay. <laughs> we'll talk about that in a second. But first, let's get a summary in here, Chris. Yeah. So, this is episode number 321. Ow! We've done as many episodes as the number of suburbs of Melbourne, Australia. No. That is so many. It's so a many, lot, yeah. A lot of burbs. No. Are they counting like neighborhoods or like, like cul-de-sacs? That's probably not cul-de-sacs, maybe neighborhoods. According to a recent report from domain.com.au, East Melbourne is the most livable, while Sky, Australia, is the least. Huh. What's, what's a least livable? Is it like just On like... On fire, the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. Is it Whorecastle? Yeah. <laughs> right. It's Whorecastle or it's being bombarded by el- el- electricity aliens or... The whole you know. time, yeah. There's a lot of reasons why you cannot live in Sky, Australia, it turns out. Yeah. Um, speaking of foreign worlds that are bigger than I knew, this Hey-o. week we're talking about Dance Moms. Uh, so this is sponsored by Naomi from Houston who said, uh, quote, you guys wouldn't believe how excited I am for you to make me enter your way through this violent world of competitive preteen dancing. And yes, I do say violent, as there have been several fights, most notably season three, when Chloe's mom got in a drunken altercation with Peyton's mom at Nationals. And then, of course, sure. there's Kelly's uh, infamous hair pulling and face slap of dance teacher Abby Lee Miller. Abby pressed assault charges that only recently did the court dismiss. After this fight, Kelly and her children, Brooke and Paige, left the show. Christine Chloe also left at the end of season four after loads of abuse and Abby making fun of Chloe's lazy eye, which was uh, smaller because of a medical condition, and she's had it fixed. Huh. Um, yeah. Ouch. Uh, anyway, so all that and more excitement. So Naomi is just uh, knee-deep in the world of the fandom, which is very aggressive. And uh, Yeah. Um, we'll see if we have our, our favorites, if we've taken to it. But if, first of all, if you want to force us to watch any show that you know more about than you should... Go to readdeskweep.com, sign up on the mailing list, and uh, sponsor away. Chris, now, I would like you to summarize in the style of a child. And don't cry. You save that for your pillow. (laughs) Okay. Uh, So, this Dance Moms is a show about dance. And dance is the best thing ever. How do I know that? Because I'm a dancer. Uh, the show is uh, takes place at Abby Lee Dance Studio in outside of Pittsburgh. And ALDC, as it's known, is run by Miss Abby Lee, who choreographs and uh, runs the studio, or choreographs all the dances, runs the studio, and her competition dance teams go to nationals and win nationals. These are elite dancers. Out of Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Hey, everything's got to be from somewhere. Why not Pittsburgh? (laughs) I love Pittsburgh, but I'm a little surprised that that's the dance capital of preteen world. Yeah, it's the dance capital of Western Pennsylvania. Until she moves to L.A. at the end of in season five, I think. Oof, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you might think, elite competition dancers, they must be full of drama and, uh, you know, all this stuff. Well, it turns out they're like eight and nine-year-olds. So, they're just, they, they do the dances and they, they work hard. And uh, sometimes there's some tears. Sometimes somebody doesn't feel so good in, in her tummy. 
Um, but most of the drama involves the moms. That's right. This isn't called Dance Kids. It's called Dance Moms. And the moms have to be there the whole time their kids are training and practicing. And they're in this like up, upstairs observation booth. And they don't always like how hard Miss Abby Lee pushes their girls. And so there's a lot of drama and a lot of, oh boy, is she going too far? And they go to competitions and they wear all kinds of things at competitions. We, we watched one episode where the girls were dressed to look as though they were topless Vegas showgirls. We watched the, uh, the lost episode because Lifetime has a promise never to air that episode ever again because it was too controversial. People were yeah. upset. But oftentimes, you know, they're dressed like, uh, you know, kind of lyric pieces, flowy dresses like first ladies or, um, you know, other lyric pieces like... Uh, uh, happiness i don't know there Just was like flowy stuff so there's the hospital one and they said yep. that nothing compared to last year's dance number which they called amber alert which yeah. i don't uh, want to have seen the envelope yeah, yeah it amber was clearly alert about an like abduction yeah yeah yikes, yeah. yikes yeah. so the main dancers are there's uh maddie who's like the golden child she can do no wrong she is the best dancer at aldc in the group she's the kid who was in the sia music videos for a chandelier and elastic heart and she's she's going places man um and she's her mom sh- currently shooting a movie yeah yeah so her mom is really like humble and like oh you know you know maddie just you know happens to be really good and and that's great her mom is humble later on in the first episode she is the one who says i'm not here to make friends yeah well, which everyone also... someone has to say on every show uh she waited nine minutes <laughs> into the first episode but... yeah she, it's she... A contractual <laughs> obligation that's right i think she was told um but the at least in the early seasons the second best answer her name is chloe and chloe is almost as good as maddie but her mom christy is uh is a monster and uh is uh always wondering why abby lee is undermining chloe in favor of maddie um, and sometimes the truth of it is that Maddie's just better at dancing and sometimes it may be some preference. Who knows? Um, other, other mom, uh, dancer duos, there's Mia, um, who her mom, uh, well, Mia is the one black girl in the group. Um, and then her mom is, apparently looks like Michelle Obama. She claims, <laughs> um, and is a her high school favorite principal thing about herself. <laughs> yeah. Her favorite thing, not, not her, her work or family. It's that she looks like Michelle Obama and that's, that's fun. Wait, is she a doctor? One of them's a doctor. Uh, no, she, she's not principal. She's a principal. Yeah. She has a PhD. Yeah. Oh, okay. So she's a doctor. She's the doctorate. Dr. Yes. Holder. She, yes. th- they all seem to have a lot of free time though. Cause they just sit and watch the whole of every dance class. Well, and it's also evenings is what you don't realize. It's like they have school in the morning, but these kids are there from like 5 p.m. to like 10 p.m. at night working, like drilling and working and, and learning these dances and, you know, working really, really hard. Well, Maddie's mom said so that good. she's not really letting her go, that she was like not really trying in school anymore or she just like she or that she was blowing off school for this and she knew she wasn't right. doing well in school because of it. Right. And then when your kid has the kind of career that Maddie is clearly starting to have, sometimes those types of trade-offs make a certain kind of sense maybe well, if you, you if two you are, are more intense than i am tutoring things. yeah and you can do tutoring and other stuff like yeah that. but did you guys read the bios of any of the girls like nia no no like, say more about this she is not only super intense dancer she's also like writes and composes her own piano music and yeah. she was in is like a video. chess champion yeah, and Ooh. like sculpting glass, like what? Okay, at least two of, those, do a at lot least of two of those things she's not doing well. I'm sure of it. I don't know, man. Sometimes like I'm are sure just like, she, must, she might be a chess champion, like because she's only playing against eight year olds. 
Or well, like in really dumb. Like she's like, it's like a championship where it's like, this is the tournament for only people who aren't good at chess or something. We have yeah. to be, somebody's placating her on one of those five t- skills. Yeah, or it's, or it's like the uh, competitive championship dancers open for girls eight to ten years old. Right. Chess but championship. But she also could be like legit good and that would also be She awesome could, but too. then she's then she's bad at piano and everyone's just pretending. There's one of those that we're placating her. Huh. Maybe it's glass Maybe. blowing. Probably the glass blowing. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, I don't know how much glass blowing judgment we're really making time for. Yeah, I, oh think, I think maybe everybody is placating the whole world of glass blowing. My new favorite but I'm seeing thing. like a good spinoff show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. My new favorite thing would be Mia is so tired because she's on four different competition reality shows. Glass blow moms. Well. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> I don't know if that's called like House of Glass yeah. or like America's Next Top Shahuli. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Yeah. So, Chris, uh, how does it end? Well, uh, they go to competitions and and they 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 do quite well mostly. So, about every season ends with nationals where they're competing at the national level, doing these dances and there's solos and there's group numbers. And uh, ALDC usually does quite well. And by quite well, it's they only win. Like, they win everything, usually. Yeah. Um, but we watched the end of season five where they got second place on the solos and second place in the group routine. And that was... To the Island of Misfit upset. Toys! To the Island of Misfit Toys! Square a spin-off on that group train. Choo-choo! Some, yeah. Because, you know, for a, a while, they had another group of moms and they had the select group and the elite group. The select group eventually left to form their own studio um, so that Miss Abby Lee, you know, wasn't tyrannizing them or favoring you know the elite group over the select group or something yeah, like they, that they went away to be yelled at about how they could show miss abby lee how terrible she was yeah it's weird you gotta be feels... a moving target tanya yeah. yeah but like this this other group clearly their their goal was to beat abby lee it wasn't to win on their own merits it was yeah, just or to, to like embrace the art of dance no 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 just to beat abby lee <laughs> I, it, it's weird but they yeah. do win they beat abby lee and so that's a very interesting uh little development there but uh so dance moms there's a lot of drama with the moms there's some drama with the kids and man abby lee is a force of berating and uh negativity ultimately whether it's for good or for suck is up to you (laughs) uh we'll talk more about good or for suck but first Meatbot, what are you thinking about I was just wondering what it would be like to grow up. Since I am a robot, I was born exactly this big. Oh, yeah. That must be so hard. You were born full height. Like that book where people are always the height they're going to be, and then they grow down. I am unable to determine the book that that is from. Oh, man. I can't remember that either. We should ask Anna Schindler. Oh, there she is now. Hey, Anna. Hi. You joined Meatberg before we discussed everybody's superpowers, but if I remember correctly, yours was always knowing what book something was from. That's right. Anna Schindler, what work of literature had people who grew down instead of up? Oh, easy. That's the Phantom Tollbooth, the 1961 children's adventure novel by Norton Juster. Oh, right. Yeah, Phantom Tollbooth. Man, it's great having you here, old friend. Thank you, Anna. No problem. So, so Meatbot, you're kind of like that character. Oh, well, hello there, new friend. Newest meat buddy, Ryan Hoy. Hi, Meatbot. Hi, Prospector. It's a real honor being here. New meat buddy, Ryan Hoy. As you know, anybody who donates to read-wheat.com slash meat buddies can make special requests anytime they want. And we'll at least try to fulfill them. Hey, is there anything special we can do for you, Ryan Hoy? Actually, yeah. Um, I canceled my monthly subscription with ConsumerReports.com to uh, pay for this. So... 
if you guys could include unbiased product reviews in future episodes, it would be really greatly appreciated. <gasps> okay. Affirmative. Welcome to our inaugural episode of The Meat Report, providing unbiased product reviews from people in and around Meatburg. First up, it's Tanya. Uh, so I've never had wash and wear hair. It's always been fine and curly, very confusing to style, very hard to predict. Uh, but Bumble and Bumble's hairdresser's invisible oil primer has completely changed that. So uh, you just spritz it on wet hair, and that's it. Yeah, it's $27 for eight and a half ounces, but it's also the only thing I put on my hair when I get out of the shower. And it lets me wear my hair down all the time, and it lets me have the baby bangs of my dreams. So I love my hair now, and I know exactly what it will do every single day. I'm not overselling. I'm just saying this stuff is legit. Bumble and Bumble is legit. Yeah, your hair looks terrific, Tanya. Baby bangs. They will grow up. I will never grow. I don't know if I want to see adult bangs. That's going to be weird. There are places on the internet you can watch that. I'll be right back. Next up, it's Chris. So, guys, I've been using the Palomino Blackwing pencil as my go-to fancy pencil. Um, and <laughs> this model's uh, trademark light-touch lead lets you write fast without pushing too hard into your field notes or Moleskine notebooks while scribbling down, you know, silly sex jokes and puns and stuff. Um, also, the eraser on the back is that um, it's the white kind that actually works, and it has this little clip that you can move it up, and it actually erases things as opposed to that, like, firm pink nub that just tears up the page uh so if you're gonna get fussy with pencils the palomino blackwing is the standard for a reason wow so what's your uh go-to for like you know bang banging pencil your like beater pencils your non-fancy pencils. please define banging pencils <laughs> i mean like you gotta have like you got your fancy pencil what's your unfancy pencil well i actually use pens still more often than i use pencils yeah i would think so yeah, so actually I have enough Palomino Blackwings that uh, I can just always be uh, up to my elbows in Blackwings. Wow. You look fancy all the time. Let's hear from Colleen. So my husband just bought a Muscoco Corita wall mount fireplace at Costco the other day, and we set it up, and it gives off pretty good heat, but I don't really like it because it actually looks a lot just like another TV, and we already have two TVs, so I pointed that out. And he said that that just means it fits in with our decor, uh, which was a great point. So if you want your home to have a television-themed decor, it's a pretty nice fireplace for a reasonable price. Meatbot, do you have televisions? I have televisions all over my body. I think this is a great product. But you don't need to be kept warm, right? I feel nothing. We'll be back later in the program with more meat reports. Go to meat.report to find links to all of these great products. Meat buddies, 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 meat buddies. It's is this too complicated for a hand raise? I feel like it's hard to say. There's just too it's too complicated if you guys are actually enjoying this or not. Colleen, how did you feel? You've watched this before. Yes, I like it. Have have you ever not liked a show on Lifetime or TLC? Yeah, I'm not that into to the ER stories. Mm. Uh, okay. Uh, I mean, this definitely wasn't as good as like Hoarders. Uh, hoarders, or, like a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> no hoarders. And like this is definitely like a do something else while you watch it show because sometimes Abby gets up and starts talking about their plans, and I'm like. 
now I actually feel like I'm in your class and I'm super bored. <laughs> um, but I like the whole premise. Would it, would it make it easier if uh, while you're watching it, she put you in a pyramid of watchers of her show? I would like to be in a oh, pyramid. Oh, gosh. I forgot to bring that up. Abby yeah. Lee's pyramid is so amazing. So it's she picks six kids. And it's a good thing that her elite group only has six kids. And three are at the bottom. So three get criticism um, and, you know, get told that they need to do better. Two say, oh, you're, you're all right. Little, some good, some bad. And then one person is the star. Name and one Maddie. Person in, usually it's Maddie, um, but uh, sometimes not. and Rarely not. Um, but basically, it creates the one person who has a target on her back, basically. Everybody wants to be better than that person, and that person has to work very hard to keep their top spot at the pyramid. And they're expected to kind of motivate and support the whole crew. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I feel like you know that Maddie like truly is the real star the whole time because every time, well, the one time I saw that she's not on the top, she still has like a huge smile on her face and yeah. like is just permanently like looking pleasant and happy for everyone. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And which that is, seems and to that's be kind of who a, she is. That seems to be in her and not a thing that Abby teaches. That could be, unless there's no. a separate As class is, we didn't see. I yeah. so I felt like the I, th- I felt like the 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 ending where they walked out on the championship on the ch- on the nationals because they were in second place they stormed out the back door yeah that I was think the that last might have been a bad uh, teaching moment for those kids I think that might have yeah. been an opportunity she could have to taught like especially if her goal is to make them professionals that doesn't seem like a good way to like help you in your career yeah, yeah I was I, raised I on agree. sportsmanship yeah. and uh, teamsmanship and uh, that was neither of those things exactly yeah that was yeah, real I had bad a problem with that too. Um, uh, so let's talk about, I guess let's just, let's explore this complication now. Uh, maybe we should play a game of yeah, but? Sure. Sure. Yeah, but, you, but, yeah, but, you, but, yeah, it's me, but, so how do you feel or something or nothing? So uh, it's sort of like hates and then we'll, uh, but we'll intermix them with things that we liked in responses. Yeah. Um, or things that undercut that hate. Yeah. Or things that hate on the undercut. You know? Oh man! Whoa. They uppercut the undercut. Wheels within wheels. Whoa! So, uh, you guys seem like you're more okay with Abby than I am. I think Abby might be um, dangerous. Um, so, if okay. you don't think it about children, she should not be allowed at least near horses. <laughs> what happened? So, in the in the fifth season, she said uh, right before the nationals, she's like, "We have been first place in 15 of our 25 competitions." And she says, those are bad betting odds. I wouldn't bet on on that pony. That horse needs needs to be taken out back and shot. And that is not how you treat horses with a really good track record of racing. 15 first places in 25 races is pretty good. You don't shoot that horse. Also, some horses lose and aren't shot. They are let out to pasture. Yeah. Studded. Studded, for example. Yeah. So you let that horse go out back and have sex. (laughs) <laughs> let that horse go out and violate as many other horses as can get his business near. Oh, yes. No. You don't um, shoot that I mean this is I think I think yeah. she's a little too intense if you she thinks you should shoot anything with a record of 15 wins. I think she's I think she's she's often using death as this like hyperbolic end on like the stakes of anything that's going on. Right. And I don't think that's necessarily appropriate. I, 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 I don't have an issue with, with saying that she's bad with horses. That's fine. When we turned on the show, the first thing, like about like t- five, ten minutes into the show, uh, my wife was like, just so you know, I'm a mandatory reporter of child abuse. I may not be able to watch this. Oh. Like, it made her uh, uh, that uncomfortable already. Well, uh, so within like five minutes of watching this show with my husband, he was 
in the living room trying to learn to do pirouettes. Oh, nice. So, a different kind of athlete. I like our, spouses, yeah. our spouses take different approaches to this show. Yeah, these kids are pushed hard, but they also, you know, are at the level. And I mean, this is how you get to be elite. And yeah. It's, it's, it's very interesting. Like the good, like there's some good and some bad there, I think. Um, but I think the, the thing that is entirely reprehensible is the drama with all the moms is you know which part of the drama so them like going to lunch and being mean or like how what part of it yeah well i mean going to lunch and being mean is uh you know absolutely unforgivable because then your food doesn't taste good (laughs) (laughs) you ever try to have a burrito when somebody's yelling at you come on i can't say that i have but if you want to be a champion burrito eater chris that's the only way well, yeah, but you, you know, suck you gotta be yelled at. Just eat the guac. Yeah, but Alex, you have to be yelled at in the burrito studio, not in your open burrito call. <laughs> like, did any of you guys play competitive sports growing up? Yes, I played a lot of sports. I mean, because this of is a thing. Like, sports. parents go watch their kids play sports for a long time, and then they kind of start to hate each other. Like, that's just normal. Yeah, that part does There's seem kind of reasonable, like, especially if you're like having to watch your kids in a pyramid every day. Yeah, and like then in like a small enclosed room together. Well, yeah. I was gonna guess. So at least when my parents would bring me to a practice, they would leave. They had the good yeah, sense to leave me alone. Yeah, it's a drop off. I yeah. assume that this was because the show is about those moms. They were forced to yeah. sit in dance jail, and they would have liked to have left. Because watching. Yeah, but are you a professional athlete now, Alex? Maybe if your parents had stayed and watched. <laughs> yeah, they would I have guess... been able to give you some pointers and fight off the other parents that were. Uh, I guess at this point, it, it, I, I might as well just come clean that I am not good at anything. And so maybe oh, that's, that's because of my true. parents. <laughs> I think if your parents had, like, stared at you and done nothing else with their lives. Well, yeah. at least, like, if it weren't like on Schrodinger TV. is professional athlete. It could be. At least if, you're, like, if it wasn't a TV show, all those moms would be on their phones playing Candy Crush. There's yeah. no way you're actually, actually paying Oh, they attention. totally take the phones from the moms. Yeah. 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 Oh, I, although, you I, know, I do think that there are there are just parents that are like this and they don't need a camera crew to be overly intense about their child's performance. Oh, no doubt. You know. So, I mean, but the thing that I that I found really difficult to watch was just the immense cattiness that these women had toward each other. <laughs> and what about it was the, all like the beef commercial. Was, <laughs> yeah, so much yeah. cattiness, so <laughs> much animosity. And and also just that it's all based upon like the performance of their progeny. Like that's just it just starts to feel so icky yeah. so quickly. And it spawned the the uh, creation of a new song I'm calling Goodnight America, I Can't With You Anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that seems almost like America Gone, the touching tale of 11-year-olds talking about how the American dream has changed. Mine has way more of an upbeat tempo, oh, I will yeah. say. Yeah, but uh, do you remember uh, when the two groups of moms from Select and Elite were about to have a no-holds-barred street fight right there in the parking lot? Because that was going to be awesome. If one of those moms just had, like, a chain that she pulled out of her back pocket, oh, that would have been pretty rad. Although uh, Ava's mom had those, like, weird plastic link earrings. She probably could have, like, whipped those together into yeah. something. Yeah. Does yeah. it trouble anyone else that they just, like, none of them have anything else that they do? Like, they just don't have, like, and because I, I was going to say, like, oh, yeah, if only they had, like, busted into, like, some West Side Story choreography. Oh, wait, they can't dance. No, they can't. Some of them Cool story. Dancing. But yeah. the thing that's weird is, like, so Mia's mom is, you know, has a doctorate, is a principal. I would assume she has a lot of work to do while Mia's dancing. 
right? You would think so. Maybe this is during the summer. I'm sure there's like a normal year and then there's like competition season. And so maybe competition yeah. season is more in the summer or something. But it sounds yeah, like Chris and I actually watched long. the second episode of season one mm-hmm. just because we were getting into it. And <laughs> uh, in that one, they actually, for no real explained reason, have the moms do a choreographed dance. Nice. And yes. The, the, the candy apple lady choreographs it and then she actually like ruins it because she just totally takes off on her own and does her own like little dance the whole time oh yeah there, uh, there are some people with too much personality i would argue yeah. <laughs> yeah but there's also a big conflict because holly doesn't end up coming because she had to go to her phd graduation that weekend and the moms <laughs> were pissed they're like you do not care about your daughter or dance mm, yeah no that's not how that works yeah uh i uh yeah uh, but also, I think the TV show is like definitely making a lot of the stuff worse. So that dance thing seems like definitely something that Lifetime would have done. And the other thing that, <laughs> the other that, thing that, that Lifetime does that drives me crazy is that during all the uh, earlier competitions that were not nationals, they would you'd see the kids on stage and there would be this huge explosion, cheering audiences, whooping, screaming audience, crowd freaking out. And it would turn back and they would be like to the audience and it would be like 12 moms in a huge conference room with a stage up front. Uh, a lot of those were not well attended and had a lot of sound pumped in. Yes. And it was creepy. I thought it was creepy. Yeah. Well, especially I'm, when they would do sound over the things that they were actually dancing to. Yeah. They I, would do like ominous music over them dancing to some like upbeat thing. And you're yeah. like, wait, what? Yeah. That was, yeah. yeah, that was <laughs> That's really funny where they're like, skiddle bop, do 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 <laughs> oh no she was sloppy with her arms yeah other yeah but other things you guys you yeah but the talent level and sometimes in those uh, competitions varied a lot so you had well, some yeah, people yeah. executing really hard and then some people were you know all over the place Ava and <laughs> Even like I am the only person who supports you, perhaps, on the show, but I just want you to know that any arm configuration that a, that a person can have is beautiful. I don't huh. think you, anyone okay. should ever make you feel bad about your long arms. You can get things off the top of cabinets. Oh, yeah. No, it has nothing to do with length. It's really just about control. and uh, It has you know, everything to do with length. She kept saying those arms are huge and out of control. So the out of control part... That way. Yeah, mm-hmm. you, have- you need strength and control to get things off of but you, high cabinets. You do. Well, not that if they're not fragile. You know, if your long you arms are like swing. swinging around on the ground, that's going to do you no good at all. <laughs> I'm picturing Ava with like locked elbows, just swiping at things <laughs> off yeah, high shelves, like knocking glass. As long as they're not grass. fragile, she could just like if it's just like oh, I got to get the duster down, and then you knock it and it falls over, and then you pick it up with your locked elbows and just slop. But I also like that all of the blame fell on her mom for that. Like Abby was constantly like, "You have not gotten your daughter's arms under." control well i don't think there's any doubt that abby would have trouble with moms and that would affect the way she would treat the kids i don't think i think that seemed clear she would let yeah but if i was coaching a child like five hours a day and her arms weren't under control <laughs> you blame the child. i would feel hard pressed <laughs> you blame the, child. the mother that <laughs> the arms were not like bumping into people blinding friends like the they were pretty under control. They were very minor. Alex, I felt like her arms were going to like reach out of the screen and like slap <laughs> me in the face. I'm the only one who supports you, Misfit Toys. I'm the only one who roots for you and wants you all to have good lives. Everyone else oh, just dude, wants no, to no. put you out back and shoot you. 
No, I mean, we all want poor, sweet JoJo to have a good life somewhere on a farm. We just want their arms under control. (laughs) Yeah. We just want her to do it with her arms under control. Yeah. If you have to be shot for that to happen, that's one route, but... There's a lot of ways to break an egg. It's weird. It's weird when I feel like I'm the only non-monster on the show. Normally, I'm a monster. No, (laughs) you're not a monster at all. Normally, Um, today, I'm the only person who wants kids to be happy. You just you don't get dance, but you're really pro arms. <laughs> I just want children just to live all happy for the lives. Of arms. Just... Dance is not really a thing that's important, but arms are great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that is defensible. That I think body image is more important than competitive dance. I think that is a safe. I, I feel safe being in that camp. And that if your true. arms are really good and under control, you'll have great body image. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode of The Meat Report. Uh, so I bought a pair of QCY Bluetooth earbuds, and I love that they are Bluetooth earbuds. I, they're, they're not a great one. I got just one of the cheap ones from Amazon. They're like 20 bucks. Uh, so you're going to have some trouble with the connection uh, every once in a while. But they got kind of a narrow range to get to your phone to talk in Bluetooth from your jacket. Like it, it works for my jacket pocket, but not for my jeans pocket. But you know what? It is... For it's very worth it to have Bluetooth earbuds, and uh, I think just not having cords ever again is totally worth it. So start there, and then when you save up, buy more expensive ones with a better radio. But Alex, what do you do when you are indoors, or if it is not jacket weather? Well, uh, indoors it's much less of a problem so far. Uh, it, in fact, if I'm sitting around, it works like it can work from across the room. But if I'm walking, it is weird. I have not exactly solved why it doesn't work great. Um, and I've only had them during jacket weather, so we'll see in the summer. But uh, maybe then I'll get better ones. But just having any blue, like Bluetooth headphones are all problematic and all worth it, is my experience. Very good. Now for Colleen. So when I was a kid, most of what I wrote was with a pencil. So we got a lot of Boston electric pencil sharpener use. Uh, sorry, I'm going to start that over. When I was a kid, most of what I wrote was with a pencil. So our Boston electric pencil sharpener got a ton of use and... Uh, Unlike Chris, I don't actually use pencils that much anymore, but adult coloring books have become super trendy, Mm -hmm. so there's been some coloring around here lately. Um, Although, side note, adult coloring books, it turns out, are the same as kid ones, except a lot more complex and time-consuming, Yeah, uh, which I'm not sure is, like, what adults actually want, (laughs) but anyway, end side note, so I've had to get out to Boston quite a few times now, and it still works, so... I couldn't tell you the model name or how much it costs or anything like that, but we've had it for 20 years at least, and we've never had to get the blades resharpened. I don't even know if that's a thing you do with electric pencil sharpeners, and luckily I've never had to find out. So, You guys, we're getting a lot of great pencil and pencil-related paraphernalia advice today. And if you want to buy children's coloring books, you still can with adult money. Oh, that's even a better point. I never thought of Life that. Life hack. <laughs> Life hack. Uh, hey, Tanya, do you have another review for us? Sure do. So uh, a couple of years ago, I did the unenviable thing of moving from an apartment with a dishwasher to an apartment without one. Yow! Uh, New York City! So that trade-off has actually been entirely worth it, given where the two apartments were located, respectively. Seattle uh, and New York City! <laughs> not to put too fine a point on it. <laughs> But the dishes transition was still daunting, and it's been eased by one key implement, and that's a bomb-ass dish rack. 
So the Simple Human Steel Frame Dish Rack is $80. And I know that that's not a small amount of money at all. But it holds as many dishes as two people can create and wash. And we are people that cook pretty much every night. So that's not a small amount of dishes. Uh, It diverts all of the drips right into your sink with a handy spout. It does not rust. It has hooks for regular glasses and also a separate attachment to deal with wine glasses if that's a thing that you need. Uh, It also has a separate area to house your knives and their blades are protected and they are not poking at you, which is very important. And on top of all of that, because yes, we do live in Brooklyn, it is shockingly compact and it's not ugly. Also, I never have to think about it. It just sits in my kitchen looking fly and doing its job perfectly. So in sum, it's worth the investment. Meatbot, do you ever do dishes? I also have a spout. I can point at things. <laughs> do you have a safe place to hide your knives? My knives are out every day. <laughs> Meatbot, I feel like we've learned a lot more about you and you've become more dangerous recently. I bring only love and <laughs> knives. What else do we think about stuff? Find out when the Meat Reports returns. And buy any of these things from our website, meat.report. Meat buddies, meat buddies, meat buddies, meat buddies. You guys, it's time for the game of Top 5. Top 5. Top 5. So we asked questions uh, from our audience on Facebook and on Twitter and on our email list, The Weekly Weep. We asked, uh, what do you guys want to ask us about uh, Dance Moms? What do you want to know? Um, So uh, I included this even though you you guys... uh, might not like it uh at jen ellens on twitter says has the love of dance left you how do you guys feel dance is always in my heart what are you talking about has this changed it for you at all no nope all right i also just know that like it's like i if i were watching a show about like 12 year olds uh who are in like the you know real madrid junior soccer training camp and they were working really, really hard, and it was intense. That wouldn't, like, you know, decay my love of playing pickup soccer. Do you love playing pickup soccer? No, I, I just was coming up with an example. It feels like then <laughs> it might actually be a, an unfair example. Okay. I don't know. I mean, But also, I feel like this is a narrative that, like, packaged differently and without the lens of these freaky parents is something that we buy into all the time. Like... All the Gatorade ads, all the like World Cup ads that talk about like your you know these late nights and all the injuries and all the tears and all the like strength and fortitude that it takes to make it so far and that's this is what it's all for. It's all for winning. Go go go! Like that is a narrative that we as a culture totally respect and totally buy into. And knowing that you have to push yourself hard from a young age to get good at something is never something that makes us like ugh, never mind piano. Never mind soccer. Forget it. Art. Like, that's never something that we believe as a culture. Yeah. And plus, it's not going to stop me from, you know, if uh, there's some kicking tunes on to, to dance a little bit, you know. It's, it's not like I'm not dancing on a protest. I feel yeah, like sometimes like watching how somebody is treated as a kid to get to a certain level would make me less enjoy that level. Like, I feel like with... Like with young uh, stars like Britney and other, like the Disney Channel stars pushed into music, the way they're treated as children makes me feel like I should less enjoy pop music from young people and should instead turn to 25-year-old stars who have had a chance to make decisions for themselves. I don't know. I feel more like I'm like channeling nine-year-old Tanya and her violin being like, what were my parents doing when I was two and a half by not signing me up for intense dance competition? That's an attitude that leads to being meaner to kids because you want something for you, not what the kid wanted. Because you at two didn't necessarily want that. I did not want it. Well, I mean, these kids consistently seem like they don't want it. 
like when they're have a stomach mm-hmm. ache and are trying to sit down and she yells at them to like not be sick. There's a difference between like what you're physically able to do and what someone's requesting of you and what you feel passionate about. And I'd also say like, I mean, I did like invest a lot of times in sports when I was a kid and I definitely didn't have like a smile on my face probably most of the time, but that didn't mean I wasn't happy about it. I, <laughs> you don't think it's possible for a kid to be unhappy and to be pushed into something? No, I hated practicing all the time and I, and I hated going to orchestra rehearsal. And do I look back at those things now and think like, I'm so, I, I really on, on a level, I actually was really happy during those things. Like, and the amount of camaraderie that I had with like the people that I was playing with and my appreciation for music and my understanding of like what I was capable of, like your arm getting super tired and knowing that like you can't put your arm down right now. Like you're part of a group that needs to continue doing this thing. Like, that's something that I'm glad I know. That's that's not something that I'm sorry I was put through. And just because I wasn't smiling and like giggling the whole time doesn't mean that it was bad for me. Oh man, I I'm 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 so so surprised that I'm the only person who thinks that treating kids this way is a problem. I feel like these were like the show is about how they're monsters, and everybody who it seems I thought everybody who watched it was like, yeah, these people are monsters because they're. So it feels so terrible to me to treat kids this way that I'm just surprised that everybody's like, well, ends are justifying the means here. I don't think that's what I'm saying. I, I'm well, not saying say- that you're looking, you look back on it, and even though you were miserable at the time, now you have an appreciation for it. That feels no, like but I'm saying I wasn't miserable. I'm just saying that like kids don't always look outwardly excited or happy when they're having a good when time. working hard. Like, you can't yeah. have a big smile on your face and have like your game face on and look super intense at the same time. Those are conflicting facial expressions. I I think this is also just like a, a, like, you know, what is it important to learn as a person growing up? Like as, yeah, you're a kid for a set amount of time, but you're becoming an adult. Like this is the process of growing up. This is the process of understanding what's important to you. How does it, how does it work to get good at something? Those are not things that are all smiles times. And so you kind of have to figure out like, you know, where is that balance? And I'm not saying that this is a balanced look at how to raise a kid. I am absolutely not saying that. But I am saying that, like, the idea of, like, you know, unhappiness or challenge is not anathema to raising a kid that knows what's up. I think there are a lot of healthy ways to have challenge for kids. And this is just so, so far from that, just like light years away from that. It's, but these kids are light years away from what normal kids can do in terms of an art form. And because again, do we need do we to. need kids that can do this stuff? That no. is up for debate. I'm not drawing a line in the sand about that. But I am saying, like, if you want your kid to be really fucking good at something, that it means a certain amount of sacrifice and a certain amount of discipline and a certain amount of like getting yelled at. I'm sorry, that's just what happens. I, I don't. Yeah. But why do you want your kid to be? Like, why do you get to want your kid to be great at something? Why well, is that also argue that, like, I, theirs? I mean, you guys probably witnessed this, too. Like, doing sports, doing music or whatever, you were there however much time you had invested. And there were kids who were being forced to do it, and they were terrible at it. Like, yeah. they didn't yeah. put the effort in. So it's like the kids that are trying hard, I mean, you could argue that they're just trying to please their parents. But I think there has to be some level of genuine, you know, self-interest Interest in it. And- to make yeah, that happen. And, and you don't just hate something 
terribly and like well i'm gonna skip the next couple questions because it seems like you guys are just not that's not the way you guys are watching the show i'm curious Um, what they were though i feel like we should at least recognize what uh, julie wanted to know which is a worse uh, julia oh yeah this is my sister this is uh wanted to know which is a worse option for your daughter's competitive dancing or beauty pageants um which i would uh, open to a larger number of things like football and and cheerleading both seem like worse things than those two Hmm. Well, I'd say football is worst because of the head trauma. Concussions, yeah. Cheerleading yeah. is like the most dangerous sport ever if you yeah. get really competitive yeah. about it. Yes. The well, injury rate is huge. I I was I'm shocked by how high the injury rate is on so many sports now. Yeah. Um did I tell you the story about my sister my kid sister's soccer team? I don't know if I told you this yet. But this? so when she, she went to college, she was like she went to a college with a non-competitive really soccer team and she was like going for the to hang out with the team the first day and they were sitting in a waiting room and there were like 12 girls all showing their knee surgery scars yeah. every one of them uh... and these are at a school where the soccer team does not is not particularly competitive and for so people did not go to soccer schools and every one of them had knee surgery when they were 17 and that yeah. is crazy balls well that's an issue of how women are trained and like a lot of coaches don't know how to train women for cutting sports specifically but um yep. the fact that that's just a normal thing now is still scary for what like yeah. of all the failings all along the way yeah and by the way totally. uh by cutting sports alex doesn't mean knives he means sharp turns at running also uh my mom forced me into playing a spin the knife league when i was early on and um <laughs> Yeah. Which honestly, that might color your perception of competitive stuff a little bit, Alex. I think that explains more of this than that I'm might, willing to. That let. might explain a lot. Then she again, you can't argue like... with results. You got to regionals. <laughs> I got second place, and they tried to take me on the back and shoot me. And oh. You definitely can't do the saber dance anymore. That's just too much no. PTSD. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> uh, similarly, Ryan, our, our meet, new beat buddy, Ryan Hoy, asked, "Hey, Ryan, how do you plan to live vicariously through your child?" Ooh. Actually, he said, how do you plan to live vicariously through a child? So maybe it's not yours. Maybe it's somebody else's. <laughs> you don't have to any have child to live vicariously Man. through them. Oh, right. I have a good buddy who's going to have a kid real soon, and I should just really push them in a direction and just never let, let up. That'll be really good. <laughs> That'll be fun. He'll look forward to seeing you. Uncle Chris said he won't so be often. my friend unless I'm a competitive race car driver. Why is <laughs> yeah. that? I'll give him a lot of toys, but most of them are like crash helmets. <laughs> I, yeah, you'll offer him a lot of toys if he continues to do what you ask him to do. That's right. I imagine having a kid and then having, like, I'm trying really hard to live vicariously through them as, like, a lazy kid who doesn't care about anything, and he's always trying to, like, get into something and work hard at it. Yeah. <laughs> I think it is weird. I mean, so we all went to the same liberal arts school in the Pacific Northwest where, you, did. you know, uh, almost the definition of a liberal arts education is, you know, you're a little good at a lot of things. Um, and so sometimes when I see these kids, like I just have the hardest time relating to somebody who's like a single direction and so very good at something. Yeah. I, I think I, I turn my center stage lens onto those people pretty frequently. Like yeah. I, I immediately am like, well, where's your crazy mom in the wings or, right. yeah. you know, like that just, yeah, I, it doesn't resonate. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I think the thing to really learn though is like, like my husband has always been a really competitive runner, but their whole family complains about how there's no money and running like if you win a race they're like oh good yeah, job you, you get a beer and some spaghetti they're like you got to pick the sports where you make a lot of money so like i think like three years ago his mom was busting out like the little baby toy golf set oh, no, because golf is uh, not 
oh man, that's so expensive on the way up. That's where the money the is, time. Alex. But on the way up, you you have to get sponsored to get just to go play in these tournaments. It's so expensive. Yeah, well, baby's getting sponsored. <laughs> Why don't you push your baby into sponsorships? That seems like a good business. There you go. From a very young age, I'm going to force my child to be really good at Kickstarter campaigns. <laughs> that's where the money is. Making really good crowdfunding videos. All right, now we got to keep going. Uh, Caitlin on Facebook gave us the most amazing uh, top five posts that we've had in a long time. Um, so I'm going to just read some excerpts from this. So she said, I used to be a competitive dancer for 17 years, so allow wow. me to defend competition dance as it's mostly nothing like this show. Oh. First, you don't lose, learn a new dance that each week. They did that because otherwise the audience would get bored. Sure. You, you learn one. Uh, okay, you learn a few routines in the summer and then start competing with them in winter, spring, usually. The first season, they made it as it seem as if Maddie and Chloe compete against each other, even though and that Maddie's beating Chloe. But in reality, uh, Maddie would have been eight and under, and Chloe would have been nine to eleven. So they were not in they were in separate categories. Um, but they wanted you to have that Chloe nice. versus Maddie team feeling. So interesting. Yes. Yeah, I know it's amazing. Um, they also make it seem like it's a big deal to compete and remember two to three dances in one weekend, uh, where there were dancers in our studios doing ten dances in a weekend. So that's not actually that hard. Um, also, at most studios, a solo isn't a reward that you have to earn. If you want to do one, you tell the teacher and you just get one. That's You just sign up. Um, oh, because like Abby Lee made that seem like, oh, she's going to pick who her soloists yeah, you are. Get to do a solo. Also, be two of them. That's also gaming her reputation. Exactly. Right? That's about her more than it's about the kids, probably. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Although some of the moms in real life are just as crazy as awful as the moms on this show. That much they were pretty accurate about. Um, and then she said, uh, sorry for the rant. Um, this is a true guilty pleasure of mine in the sense that I actually feel guilt in watching it contributing to the verbal and emotional torture of these girls. And none of that is a question. However, I'll make it into one. What's something that you enjoy are good at that if someone turned into a reality show and got nearly everything wrong about, it would fill you with rage? Uh, I've always wanted to have a show about me watching TV. <laughs> this is an idea that I had for a long time, which is Man versus Man versus Food, where I just watch every episode of Man versus Food and then feel kind of bloated afterwards. Um, so it's like that, but Man versus TV. So, like, how do you think, Colleen, that would get uh, co-opted into being uh, something like not good? You have to watch a new show every weekend. No, I just I would I would be mad if if people were watching TV, like if I saw that TV show, because that's the point, right? Like if. This is something I do a lot. So if I saw a show about someone else doing this, what would make yeah. me mad? Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'd say if they picked bad shows to watch that no one actually watches, and if they didn't like make hilarious commentary the whole time. <laughs> there you go. But, I mean, my standards for that show would not be very high. <laughs> I'd probably watch what about it. You guys, Brooklyn, what's something that you guys would be frustrated about a show about? Um. I would say that I, I mean I, I had to stop watching America's Next Top Model right because I had some experience like is as like a uh, not I what a spectator in the world of in one aspect of the modeling world and that was really uh, informative in terms of the way that they would talk about these different situations so some weird combination of um, of America's Next Top Model and, um, oh gosh, I'm forgetting, the Kelly Catrone show that was on for a while that was all about her running people's revolution. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
and was basically just like fashion week is so crazy mm-hmm. and i was like oh this is hard <laughs> um yeah because those... she employed exclusively <laughs> idiots with one smart person behind the scenes making things actually happen yeah which uh, okay that's not that inaccurate but still <laughs> like yeah that's that's something that i find that i get like that and oh and actually project runway like oh, i get yeah. i get really unpleasant when i have to talk about project runway like mm. it just i start yelling people turn off they like walk away and i'm like blah, blah, blah. so that i think those are the things that that are really hard for me Aww. because i have some like real world th- so well, last time i talked about project runway was when you were not as angry about it yet and you I, I, I thought the idea was that that has nothing to do with fashion but is a separate interesting thing it is it, it is if you treat it that way right. but the but the the conceit behind getting on project runway and using project runway is this idea that it's going to lead to some sort of success in the fashion world and the fashion world is they're representing it as like fashion week la 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 like that there are some serious elements there that are just missing and like you're not going to become the next albert elbaz just because you were on project one runway in fact project runway is probably going to keep you from becoming that level of designer oh interesting and yeah i know he just left l'enfant but he's still one of the best people out there, so. <laughs> oh he's like an adorable penguin He's he's amazing. Yeah. Not to be have a one track mind or anything, but something that makes the show Hoarders so great. Yes. Is that oh, those people don't even want to be on that show? Hoarders. <laughs> I love the idea. I love the idea that Colleen the whole time was like Hoarders, 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 Hoarders. <laughs> I like the idea that the people on Hoarders are hoping to get famous in the world of hoarding. <laughs> so <laughs> no, they're on there because they're going to like be evicted and their house is going to be yeah. demoed, I mean, and they're like family members. Like maybe we can get a free per- like counselor if we're on this show <laughs> although yeah, i don't know how much of that is fake too because like a lot of those shows are so fake as well uh well like like a uh, storage wars where they go bid on storage units uh there was a okay that is not anything not exactly like quarters, quarters, but, it is, but what the, this was a great story last Zero year like, like it turns out the producers stock these storage units with expensive stuff so that the to raise the bidding and to make it more exciting for the people so it's like entirely fake it's just a game show that has nothing to do with this thing people actually did Wow. So you think on hoarders, maybe they like spend twenty years filling houses with crap and like <laughs> making these people go insane in to prime them for the show. <laughs> so, Colleen, what were you going to say about hoarders? Oh, I love hoarders. Okay, so you guys, just to just to finish this up, number That's five, you guys <laughs> at Made Cunningly on Twitter asks probably the best top five question we've ever gotten. This in all capitals with no question mark. Who would be the best werewolf? <laughs> it's just the more you look at it the better it gets I know. Like, it just doesn't it's just like this is like beautiful work of do art. they mean between the four of us or are we talking about I the dance moms, the dance dance moms. moms. Of everybody on the show i mean obviously yeah. i'm gonna vote for the sausage king of canton oh man oh no sausage I'm... by day wolf by night because <laughs> think... of that night he'd be like oh shit there's all this beef jerky <laughs> There's like a freaky intensity to Ava's mom that I oh, think yeah. would really like translate well to the lupine world. She's also yeah. got pretty long arms, which is more useful when you're a wolf and you're like swatting at things. Yeah, yeah. you'd be rangy. Yeah. <laughs> and there's just like a, yeah, there's just like this like sinister, dogged pursuit of one thing that I think would really benefit her in yeah. a hunting scenario. Yeah. yeah. Plus at night she could go attack the Abby Lee dance studio. Yeah. Like, why are all the mats shredded? <laughs> Now we can't dance at nationals. Oh, no, the misfit toys are doing great. Also, the mom is bleeding from her mouth. (laughs) Wait, that's not her blood. blood. I think there is an answer here, and the answer is Wolf Cop. Wolf Cop. Uh, Was there a cop in the show? Oh, there's the cop that came in to kick out the mom one time. Yeah. 
He's breaking up dance mom fights by day and uh, doing the same thing as a wolf later at night. <laughs> yeah. I, I would answer this about every show. So just the rest of you who are trying to be as good as at made cunningly, you can't do it. You can't just say now every show who would be the best werewolf, even though I do want to answer that every time. Yeah. Uh, Colleen, do you have a pick for best werewolf on this show? Oh, I mean, they'd all really make okay werewolves, I think. Um, I like to think that Maddie is a werewolf. Yeah. She sort of plays some crazy characters in her professional career now. She plays pretty out there dancer. She's a little mm-hmm. deranged. Impressive facial yeah, expressions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel like she could pull a werewolf out I of that. I think she could. Um, you, uh, because, okay, just because this question was so good uh, and she deserves it, the tweet uh, was from a woman named Kate who writes a blog, writes for the blog watchthishockey.com, a blog Aww. about women's hockey. So when we finally get around to our spinoff podcast, Hockey Talkie, she's going to be our first guest. Drop yes. the puck. It's time for Hockey Talkie. <laughs> Fuck the Bruins. <laughs> Anyway, the thanks. Fuck's a <laughs> great work, Kate. And thank you, everybody who played top five. Go to facebook.com slash read weep or top tweet five. at us at read underscore weep. Send us an email and ask us questions. Hopefully, someday as good as who would be the best werewolf? And now, the thrilling conclusion of the meat report. It's really thrilling. Yes, I'm electric with excitement. And knives. Hey, guys. Uh, Chris here. Uh, I'm here to talk about a shoe that came out in the last year. Uh, weird that I'm talking about a shoe, but it's the uh, new Col- Converse All-Star 2.0. It's an update of the classic Canvas Kicks that we all know. Uh, that Converse is making the original since uh, your grandpappy could whoop you in a 70-meter dash. But uh, the update includes uh, some great features. So there's finally an insole in the arch where you can actually wear these shoes and be comfortable all day. And uh, they have some tongue elastic that anchors it and prevents the tongue from slipping down either side of your foot into your instep or out where it's annoying. And uh, they've updated the metal hardware so it's monochromatic. So, you know, the white has white hardware, the black has black hardware. It looks great. Uh, so now you can get the, uh, the look you want with the comfort to last all day. And I uh, just can't uh, say enough good things about them. You're right. It's got the Nike Lunar Lawn sole. Unbelievably comfortable. Lunar Lawn means it's from space. Uh, so I'm going to say, this is Alex again. I have one more thing to review, which is the, uh, I, you guys, as you know on this program, if there's one thing I like, if there's three things I like, it's easy metaphors to understand, uh, salamanders, and the Magic Eraser. Now, you might think, okay, so I love the Magic Eraser. I should get the Magic Eraser uh, from Mr. Clean. Roller Mop Refill, available for only $8 on Amazon. Well, while the Magic Eraser is the most incredible cleaning product that I have ever used, the Mop Head version just isn't worth the money. The Magic Eraser needs some pressure just a little bit, and it's more than a mop can deliver. And even with very light use, this crumbles almost immediately. So it's a great idea, and when you see it, you'll be like, perfect two great tastes that taste great together do not it's a waste just stick with your original erasers and original mops strong pass wow meatbot that really was thrilling yes magic eraser mop refills are my favorite toy and now ryan hoy doesn't have to feel bad that he canceled his subscription boy howdy ryan hoy boy Howdy. Go to meat.report to find links to all these unbiased reviews. And thanks again to Ryan Hoy for becoming a meat buddy. Thanks, man. Join the crusade and get your dreams fulfilled at meatberg.space. Meat buddies. Time for our minor compliment. We're going to go in reverse order. Tanya, you're up first. Oh, boy. Um, gosh, I'm sorry. I like Give me just a moment to gather my thoughts. Yeah, still thinking about them werewolves, though. <laughs> them werewolves. We can... We can postpone it we could do someone else first 
Yeah, do someone else first. I'm sorry. That's I just fine. like uh, my head is soup right now. We're gonna switch it back, Colleen. Why don't you be first again? Uh, what's your minor compliment for dance moms? Uh, well, my minor compliment is kind of something we talked about already, so I'll skip that. I'm not sure I got a chance to say my insult, so I'm gonna replace my compliment with an insult, which is that I was very disappointed with the episode titled Chloe's Revenge. Yeah. Like. I was expecting to see some blood in there or punches yeah. or something. And, like and it was, Carrie? yeah. Yeah. And there was like, I don't even know what happened. She got put on the other team or something. And the other team like, did it was better. something really boring though. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my compliment is an insult and it was a poorly titled episode. <laughs> All right. Great comment. Chris, why yeah. don't you be second? What's your minor compliment for Dance Moms? So I'm actually going to springboard off that, um, or, I don't know, no hands cartwheel off that, uh, Colleen. Ariel. Ariel, yeah. Oh, Ariel shit. round off something. Uh, that was during the competition in Washington, D.C. And for both of those competitions, Abby Lee had choreographed pieces that referenced America, the greatest of nations that are capitaled in Washington, D.C. <laughs> So I like the idea that everybody in Washington, D.C. is just nuts about America. They are. And that this was really pandering to the judges and like how clearly these two teams placed first and second because they were entirely about America and anything else would be, you know, way lower down. I, I, I like pandering a lot, too. That's up there for me. Yeah. It's like why you give Padma spicy booze and you give Tom fish. Yep. Sorry. Wrong podcast. <laughs> you can, all right. My minor compliment is that I, if there's one thing that you know about me, it's that I love statements that are not technically wrong. <laughs> and uh, Abby okay. Lee busted out one of the favorite, like, like I can run a mile in under 25 minutes. Not technically <laughs> incorrect. Uh, and Abby Lee Miller had my favorite, I think ever not technically incorrect sentence. You can't hold children against their will in the state of California. <laughs> Not technically incorrect. Uh, interestingly enough, that law is applicable federally uh, and uh, anywhere. Really, you can't hold children against their will. Uh, but I love the state of California as if the guy was going to be like, wait, all right, I have to look that up. You're, you might be right. Yeah, where's, where's the state code? <laughs> Not technically, in- still insane. Not technically incorrect. Uh, Tanya, what's your minor compliment? All right, I've finally gotten my shit together. Um, when they are checking into one of the major competitions, I believe it's when they're checking in in Arizona. Um, yeah, their first one. Yeah, and they're yeah. This is I guess this is during the pilot. They're kind of setting the stage. Um, they get into like Abby Lee's rules of conduct, and I really liked all of them. It was all around like you don't run around in your costume. You like cover yourself properly. Um, you keep you maintain a quiet voice when you're like in the lobby like you don't come in like yelling and giggling and acting all crazy yeah. like this is you you have composure you have dignity you, you lug your own grace. stuff if you pack your bag you bring your bag you carry your bag around like if you decided you needed all this crap you are responsible for all this crap i really respected all of those rules and i yeah those were pretty good was really not into the mom who was like and eh, she has all these rules i was like yeah because you know Turns out getting nine-year-olds to travel, you know, on a plane and into hotels and all these competitions and everything's on a timer. Yeah. Yeah. And also, like, who you are off the stage or off the court is is 
like that has real bearing on whether or not you get hired for stuff. So yeah, and and I traveling like with eleven year olds is really gnarly as a group. So having yeah. some pretty good rules that, and those are all very reasonable. I like that a lot. Yep. Yeah, um, yeah, I was into that. That was when I was like, that's when I said early on. I thought that Abby was actually more reasonable, um, and the parents were intense. But then the, I, I mentioned this earlier, really, so really quick. I think the time that I thought the parents were reasonable and Abby was crazy was on that Las Vegas episode, where all the parents were like. Actually, I'm not really comfortable with 11-year-olds trying to look naked. And Abby was like, this is the art. We have to do it. Uh, yeah. That's when I thought, oh, maybe these, this is actually dance Abby Lee Miller. And the moms are all, like, actually okay. Yeah. that. And then after that, like, later in the later seasons, the episodes we watched, I thought everybody was a little crazy. Yeah. Yeah. It just feels like the like the degrading effect that fame has on any group of people. I would just say that, like saying you don't want your daughter on stage looking naked doesn't set that high of a standard for being reasonable. That's a good point. All right, you guys, that is it for our show. Thank you so much for joining us. We will be back again next week. Next week is our Christmas special. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's going to be really fun. We'll uh, announce the topic of that soon. This week, we're still figuring that, finalizing it. We're going to do a vote of the Meat Buddies. So, uh, But we'll let you know what we're watching for our Christmas special. It's going to be super fun. Big shout out to all our new, for, well, to our new Meat Buddy who fell out of the pipe, Ryan Hoy. Thank you so much for joining. Uh, also, you guys can go to meat.report to find links to all of the things we reviewed today. Um, also, a really quick shout out to at QuasarM on Twitter who pointed out that our favorite power company from Denmark, Dong Energy, has changed its name to the much less phallic Radius. So No! And actually, they haven't totally changed. They uh, spun off uh, some of their business units. Wait, so there still is a D- Dong Energy? Yes, but the customer-facing, the uh, public-facing arm is going to be called Radius. Well, rip yeah. the customer arm Dong Energy. <laughs> and at least Dong Energy still exists in the shadows. Okay, well, thank yes. you. Thanks for pointing that out, Quasar <laughs> Uh, uh, that's uh, that's it for us. Okay, at C. Walter Smith, thanks for being here. Uh-huh. At the Tanya Best. Phew. On uh, Twitter and on Instagram, where you can find the thrilling conclusion to the desk uh, drama, the desk soap opera. Desk holiday. Desk holiday. Hashtag desk holiday. Uh, check that out. And thanks for being here, Colleen Clancy. Pleasure as and, always. Uh, thanks for uh, thanks for representing for hoarders because I feel like it doesn't get its due most of the time. Yeah, I feel like you guys haven't been talking about that enough lately, so... It's been a while, and (laughs) sometimes we think about it, and it just makes us sad. I think about it all the time, and Colleen, if you ever want to do a hoarder's podcast, you just let me know. (laughs) Always. Hordy talkie. I might be kind of a rut with podcast names. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's it. We'll talk to everybody next week for Christmas. Bye, everybody. Soldier in the wall.